Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Korea, this is Chef and Sean, Southern Sean Sports Radio, Blog Talk Radio, Southern Sean Sports. Seth is still putting Jake to bed, so he'll be back in a couple of minutes. He just left. Today is our NFL preview. Good morning, everybody. Well, it's good morning here in Seoul, South Korea. 9.01 a.m., 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and 5 p.m. on the West Coast. We have changed our time accordingly due to... Jake's schedule, and Sean in Korea. But otherwise, we'll be here every week. Just depends, fluctuating on the time. Most of you do take advantage of the podcast. So we're hoping that this isn't too much of an inconvenience. We'd like to get back to our regularly scheduled 7.30 show, and that might happen next week, as next week is the fantasy football preview. This week is the NFL preview. We'll get to that once Seth comes in. We will talk more NFL. Right now, I'd like to say uh, congratulations to Manu Ginobili on a tremendous, tremendous career. I'm sure Seth will have some uh, thoughts once he gets on. Manu Ginobili, a Hall of Fame career, although only an all-star, I believe, three times, has won uh, two championships at least, and wouldn't think, based on his his stats, that he was a Hall of Famer. I mean, let's let's put it bluntly. But remember, the Hall of Fame is based on the Hall of Fame. It's not an NBA Hall of Fame. It's based on international experience. He won a medal. He won a bronze medal with Argentina. His average in the NBA, 13.3 points per game, 3.5 rebounds, and 3.8 assists is not, is not, Strike period. Two All-Star games, one in 2004-2005, one in 2010-2011. Again, not exactly striking fear in opponents, but and if you look at the, the people, and you know everybody that listens to this show knows I love pro baseball reference guide, pro basketball reference guide, because of the similarity scores that they are able to provide you. So the, so the similar people... Manu are Terry Porter, Jeff Hornacek, Eddie Jones, Jason Terry, Vince Carter, and Allen Iverson, two of which are Hall of Famers in the wind chairs. And the similarity scores, Terry Porter, Jeff Hornacek, Vince Carter, and Allen Iverson, and Eddie Jones. Also two in the Hall of Fame, although Manu played uh, two more years than Allen Iverson. And, well, Vince Carter is still going on. Vince Carter... A much better score, but definitely not a better player. (laughs) Hello. He's the Julio Franco of the NBA. He's going to be playing until he's 62. Yeah, but he's born number 15. The the X number of one Carmelo Anthony with the Hawks. Did you know that? I did not. Because I missed that whopping 48 hours, it was six hours of a, his time in Atlanta, which he probably hung out at the gold at the gold club, <laughs> the international diner, if you will, which is what it used to be. Uh, I think actually, I don't think it's the gold club. I believe it was the Cheetah Club. 
And it came up, uh, for those that are wondering what Seth and I are talking about, in the 1980s and 1990s, there was a whole scandal involving taxes, and some NBA players were called to testify, and their credit card receipts similarly said international diner, and had a whole lot of charges more charges than you and me will together combined ever spend at a diner in our lives, except that was a pseudonym, pseudonym for the Cheetah Club in, which is in Atlanta. So when Patrick Ewing, I believe it was Patrick Ewing, I may be wrong, Patrick Ewing, Greg several thousand, oh, Greg Anthony. Oh, there were more than that. It wasn't just one. Well, those are two off the top of my head. But you know, Patrick Ewing and Greg Anthony were the big names that did this. Yeah, were the so, games that were called. That were called. There were a bunch of others that, off the top of my head. So that is what we were talking. So when the international diner, the Cheetah Club, that is in Atlanta. Um, my question to you, Seth. So let's assume it's the NBA. Let's assume it's the NBA, which it's not. We understand. Mommy doesn't I'm, get in. I'm having trouble hearing you. Well, I'm talking into a microphone, my friend. Uh, okay. If it's the NBA, if it's a Hall of Fame and not the basketball Hall, I don't think Manu gets it. Thirteen points a game, two champion, only not two All Star games. Not now, but but Manu was a much bigger player on the international stage than he ever was in the NBA. And for yeah. for that I mean, alone, he gets it. Look, he led Argentina to a gold medal. Um, he beat the United States in, proce- in the process of doing so. He was the best player in Europe um, when he was playing for Real Madrid. I believe it was Real Madrid. He's probably the best player from Europe since Oscar Schmidt. Um, you know, it's kind of the whole, you know, Grand Hill was great, but Grand Hill had four great years. Would he have made it simply based on his NBA, or did he make it also because of his greatness in college? Now, this is the argument we have a lot. Um, with the with, with the basket that it's it's not the NBA Hall of Fame it's the basketball Hall of Fame and there's a significant difference between the two. Absolutely, and there there are plenty of players. I mean, you you can make the case that Bill Walton may not have gotten in. Christian Leitner definitely would not have gotten in if there was did just Christian the basketball Hall of Fame. Wait, wait, wait. Did Christian Leitner get in, or did Christian oh, Leitner no, Christian only get in as a member of the dream team? I don't know. That's a good question. I thought Christian Leitner, who is widely regarded as one of the NCAA players of all time, I thought had gotten in, but you may be right. Hold on a second. I'm looking. Uh, he was enshrined in the Basketball Hall of Fame. No, that's the College Basketball Hall of Fame. You are right. He is not in the, he is not in the Basketball Hall of Fame. He is, he, wait. Go, only in, inducted into the basketball Hall of Fame based on the 1992 Olympic game. He is not yeah. inducted himself. So, but that's a player I think that, you know what, might have a might have a case for getting into the bas- basketball Hall of Fame just based on what he did in college. But that's that's another show. That's another that's that's an Abate Isles conversation I think, where he and I will definitely be on the other uh, on the opposite sides of the spectrum. We, well, you'll just you'll just find whatever off. side the bate's on and take the other side just to be contrarian. Who are you kidding? Me? Me? Contrarian? I'm never contrarian to that. That, that uh-huh. doesn't happen. So, okay. So, NFL is, NFL is starting a week from Thursday. First of all, are you excited by the prospect of the NFL season? Let me ask you that first because I think that that's an important concept right now. Um, I'm excited by football season. A combination of both. Um, I mean, although we didn't have a college football preview last week, my apologies, it has become a little bit increasingly difficult uh, to host with two kids as opposed to just one. Um, I am looking forward to it uh, just because it's been a rough summer, to say the least. A great summer, but a rough one. And, um, you know, it's a little bit of my decompression time. 
you know, whether it's watching the NFL or watching after Carly goes to bed, watching the Pac-10 games at 10.30, 11 o'clock at night. So I am looking forward to it. But I also, this is the first week or two. Definitely. I'm, I'm never that excited the first week or two, though. It's just as the weather, because the weather is usually really nice, so you don't want to sit inside all day. So this is one of the few seasons that I'm not excited by the NFL. Now, I'm not sure if it's all the politics that have gone on within the NFL in the last year, the concussions, the fact that the Jets are going to stink, and I know it going in. Um, I'm, I'm excited for fantasy football, which I always am, because it, it gives me something to look forward to. But I don't think when you look at just the NFL season, I am all that excited to watch Thursday, next Thursday's game. I, I don't think it, it is – quite frankly, I don't even know who plays next Thursday. It's obviously the Super Bowl winner versus yep. somebody else. It's the Eagles versus somebody, and I don't even know who it is. The Falcons. Okay, so the Eagles are against the Falcons, and then the Jets are on the following Monday night, which is Rosh Hashanah. At, and they are on the, uh, the early game, the 7 o'clock game, which I will be in Arizona, so that's the 4 o'clock game against Detroit. But, again, I don't know who the late game is. I assume it's the Raiders and somebody, as it always is the Raiders, or the Chargers or the Rams, because you need the late, the late start. But in past, in past years, I, wasn't, I was always excited for fantasy football because I, I enjoyed playing it. But... I've been much more excited to watch the NFL than I am right now. I think there's just way too much politics going on, whether it be the anthem, whether it be concussions or whatnot, or whether there's going to be a strike or holdouts. Everything but the play and everything but the players has dominated this offseason. I think that it, it is finally getting to me and turning me off. Well, I think but, it's also you're, on, you're also traveling and you're 10,000 miles away. And usually when you say that, it's kind of an, an embellishment, but you're actually 10,000 miles away. So I, the weather is 100 degrees here, so nobody really wants to be outside. So, I mean, I'm watching the U.S. Open, watching Roger Federer right now, but the reality is when the weather is nice, I'm never that excited to watch the games. As the weather gets crummier, and I can't go out as much, I enjoy it more and more. That's what happens to me every year. I mean, am I excited, to be honest, for, you know, Jacksonville, Jacksonville whatever, whoever a game is, I don't, I don't know, whatever the, one, the week one game, not exactly. You know, um, I'm more concerned that I have to pick up someone because Marquise Lee broke his, is out for the season. Um, for the first couple of weeks, I'm always more interested based on fantasy. After that, um, I enjoy, you know, I enjoy the regular game a lot. But it's the first two or three weeks, and the weather is nice. You know, I, also, I have a wife who's not a football fan, and to tell her, oh, I'm going to sit inside from September to February on some, on the weekend to watch football doesn't really resonate very well. And so, to me, you know, as long as the weather is good. I'm not as excited to watch it as I am in late October, early November, when it, start, it starts to get a little bit, you know, it's colder. The kid, my kids are, you know, can't really do very much, and then it's a little bit more fun. Well, you can also be happy that your Giants don't have the, don't have the, the cloud over their head of OBJ and his contract, as he did sign a, or he signed a contract yesterday paying him $90 million dollars over five years. Overpay, not overpay, what's your thought? Is it an overpay? Yes. Is it what they were going to have to pay him? Yes. Can I live with it? Yeah, it's not our, it's, look, he did what he needed to do to get the contract. You know, we needed to see him as a, you know, as a leader on this team, you know, he didn't let the strike, he didn't take this part personally. He did what he needed to do as a so-called leader. You know, if motivated, you know, the best receiver in the, debatably the best receiver in the NFL, if motivated is obviously a big, 
if, to say the least. Um, I don't have a problem with it because without them, they have nothing. And I do find it, you know, we got, and they, I think it was, I don't remember if it was ML, MMQB or Peter King, where they interviewed, I guess it was five agents and five GMs to see what they thought he was going to get. And everyone kind of had him in the same, this was right exactly where they thought he'd be. Um, you know, the 50 to 50 to 60 million guaranteed somewhere between 85 and a hundred million, which is not, as I said, it's more than I would be comfortable with, but not so far out of the realm at 18 million a year. When you see Sammy Watkins at 16, you know, Brandon cooks at 17, you know, he's a top five receiver. So I can kind of, do I love it? No. Can I live with it? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'll have no choice. So, absolutely loved the the breakdown of the agreement. So it's a five year agreement this year. He he basically gets his eight point four million dollars along with that huge signing bonus that he will get. Just the first three years of that contract are gargantuan. I mean they're over twenty million a year. And then it comes back down to twelve to thirteen million dollars for the last three years. I can't yeah. see how this is not setting him up for another holdout after three years. Because once you get to that, so I can understand the rationale. So Saquon Barkley is going to earn minuscule amounts of money the next three years comparatively in the same And then he's going to be up for that big contract that Gurley and Le'Veon Bell and probably Zeke Elliott will have, which will be in the 20 to 22. 20, maybe $20 million range, maybe a little less, maybe 15. And at that point, OBJ's contract comes down to 12. How is this not, by the time that he comes back down to 12, there'll be three or four or maybe even five wide receivers and if the cap gets bigger, that will jump OBJ and jump Antonio Brown. How is this not setting him up for another another? I won't say holdout. He didn't hold out this year, but another absolute complaint fest at camp after that third year. I, 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 I love the contract from the Giants' point of view. I just think they're setting themselves up down the road for more trouble. Um, I think the other thought is it will keep him motivated because if he does not play like OBJ can if he is not a top five receiver in the league, then his leverage on, uh, he's going to have a lot less leverage at 12 to 13 million. Um, you know, their feeling is for the next three years, he's going to be the best receiver in football. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying that's more in the discussion with Hopkins and Brown. Um mm-hmm. If this is not enough to motivate, if this doesn't motivate him, then you know what? If he's motivated and he's the best receiver in football for the last year, of the con, you know, for the, for the second and third year of the deal, then yeah, I bet they will renegotiate it. But you're also then getting the best player, the best receiver in the NFL. So that's the trade-off you make. If he's not and he's been what he's been in 16 and 17, which is more of a pain in the ass than he's worth, you know, there are. For all intents and purposes, they're out of the deal in three years because at twelve million a year, they're not going to they're not going to renegotiate, and they're going to they're pretty much putting the the onus on him to earn the renegotiation in my mind. In three years. And okay. I don't know. I can live with that. I, I I don't know any giant that's renegotiated a contract. Um, I agree, but well, again, also with year, with with different, different GM different coach and let's be honest this is a player of extraordinary talent this isn't i mean you've had great talents over the years of the giants and i'm not going to discuss like lawrence taylor or anything like that but you know over the last 20 years has there been a player more talented than they'll go back on the giants no so look you know phil jackson you know popovich they've all make exceptions for their superstars under certain circumstances if it's warranted is in three years, it's warranted. You know, there, there could be, you know, there, there's a discussion to be had. If it's not, okay. then 
you know, then OBJ will either hold out and they won't do a thing. They'll trade him. Um, or, or he'll play it out. Okay, fair enough. Look, All right, so- at the end of the day, you're paying $10 million more, give or take, than Sammy Watkins. But you're not really. So that it's interesting that you said that because I think Sammy Watkins got a better deal. So well, Sammy Watkins got – Because he's a free agent after three years. Correct. So he can come back out. He got, a, he got $16 million a year guaranteed for three years, so 48, almost $40 million a year, $40 million for, for guaranteed. And he'll be back out at age 30, at age 29, I think. OBJ is tied up until 31. So I'm not sure right. that Watkins no is better than the deal. The question is, that could be true, but the, the other question is, is anyone going to pay Sammy Watkins $16 million a year in three years? Was anyone going to pay Sammy Watkins $16 million a year other than Kansas City for these years? Probably not. Yeah, uh, look, I get you. All right, so so let's move on to the NFL preview. We got 40 minutes of, of, of the hour show. Um, I think the easiest division that we could probably talk about is the AFC. Wait, are we doing NFL or are we doing what? fantasy? This is our fantasy. No, preview. fantasy's next. Oh, we're doing fantasy. My friend, I thought we were doing fantasy next week. Okay, no, well we have an hour, so we can do all the all the all the drafts are in, are in the upcoming week. Okay, fair enough. All right, so we got an hour. So let's. So we got till uh, nine o'clock your time, ten o'clock, ten a.m. my time. But we can switch right over to fantasy. It's not a big deal for me. So, is Le'Veon Bell the first pick in the draft? Let's say you have you have your first pick in the draft this year. It's a general league this year, our PPR league, not standard leagues. So you get a, either a half a point or a point for a reception. I'm talking to my brother right now who has the number two pick in the draft. Tell me your first four picks in a PPR league. Bell, Johnson, Gurley. I, I guess Elliot over Brown. Okay, so you would take Elliott over Brown in a PPR league. That that let, let's let's dissect that a little bit because I would uh, my brother asked me for a first four picks. I told him the first four, and I put Brown instead of Elliott for two reasons. First of all, Dallas Dallas just has absolutely no wide receivers. Agreed. None. They they have they have Allen Hurd as their number one receiver who has never been healthy. I see a consistent eight in the box against that team. Jason Witten is gone. Des Bryant is gone. Their number one receiver is Hurd. Their number two receiver is Terrence Williams. And their tight end, I don't even know who their tight end is. We're missing uh, Jason Witten. He's in the Monday Night Football booth this year. I, I, can't, I don't even know if I put Elliott in the top five. I think Elliott is going to see stacked lines the entire year. And I wouldn't put Dak Prescott in the top 15 quarterbacks, maybe 20 this year. I think that that Dallas team is in for a lot of hurt this year. We'll, we'll talk about that more next week, but I, I definitely don't see them making the playoffs, and I think they could be one of the 10 worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. I think they take a step. I mean, they weren't great last year, and I think this is the end for Jason Garrett. Um, but what I do think that they're and this is what they've talked about, is that Elliott's going to be catching a lot out of the backfield because of the lack of wideouts. Um, I don't think he has the upside of a John. I think Johnson's the best running back in the league. The only reason he's not my number one is I am similarly scared by their offensive line. Um, but, you know, in Dallas, we're not scared per se by the offensive line, but Frederick's out, Martin's hurt. If there's any, you know, if there's any lingering issues that, that's that offensive the offense is that because that offense is built around the offensive line. Um, I have no problem going ground four. The problem I have, and this is what I saw with my first fantasy draft, is all the running backs go so early now 
because there's such a scarcity that you may, if you're in a 12 team, you may not get a decent running back coming back. Um, in my 10 man, where I ended up having to take LaShawn McCoy in the second round coming back. I don't know if LaShawn McCoy is going to end up in jail. His offensive line isn't good. I don't know their quarter like their quarterback's situation is a mess. There is such a scarcity after the top 10 or 12 running backs that I'll be honest, unless I had picked seven or eight where I knew I could take a Hopkins or, no, or a Jones or whoever the wideout you choose, where I know I can get a Melvin Gordon coming back or a McCaffrey or somebody. The, the fourth pick this year is, is to me in a PPR, it, it's dangerous. To, it's dangerous because once you get past that top 15, there are no running backs. That's why I would. That's why I would have to go Elliott over Brown, even if, or even if it scares me a bit. And it does. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking, uh, look, I'm I'm using I'm using uh, Matthew Berry's top 300 just as reference here. And we're looking at number twenty. Number nineteen is Devontae Freeman. If you're in a if you're in a ten team league, you're getting him back at if you're the number three pick on the turn. But once you get to the past the turn, if you're going into the third round, so past the twentieth pick in the draft, the running backs are LaShawn McCoy, Jarek McKinnon, Joe Mixon, and then Jordan Howard, who doesn't catch balls at all. And if you keep right. going down the next running back that he has is number 42. 42 is, is, R, is his RB17. So he's got 17 running backs in the first 42 picks, and that's Kenyon Drake. So I hear you. I totally hear you in the fact that you might want to pick Elliott just because of the, the scarcity. So let's see if you're the four pick, you're getting what? The four on the, the front end and the 17 on the back end, 17 according to Matthew, Bar- Matthew Berry, you can get a Devontae Freeman, but your second running back is awful. Your second running back is going to be, you're going to line up with, assuming it all goes chalk, you're going to wind up with McKinnon and Jer McKinnon and um, Devontae Freeman as your two backs. And I'm not really yeah. sure I'd be comfortable in that. In fact, I, I wouldn't want... There are guys that I don't want on our team, both Seth, you and I, and guys we won't get because we're not going to bid that high for them anyway. I don't want anything to do with the San Francisco Niner running back situation. Nothing. That is probably the one team that I want to stay away from for every position. I have no desire to even go go near them. Yeah. McKinnon is going pretty heavy. Now, to be fair, in the week, as I said, I quoted a league that I was in um, my first draft this year, which was last week, and there were keepers. So it made things even more difficult because a lot of the running backs were kept lower. So there was nothing left by the time we got to 18, 19 from the running back end. And you can always just keep getting wideouts, wideouts, wideouts. Um, but all things considered, it's a top-heavy running back draft. And you have your top 10 backs of – you know, the four that we mentioned, plus Barkley, plus Kamara, um, you know, Melvin Gordon. You know, I really like Delvin Cook this year. Um, but, you know, once you get, you know, once you kind of get past, you know, McCaffrey or Freeman, there is a scarcity in the half for half of these teams. Now, again, it's a lot of it's because they, cause they're running, you know, the, the, the bell cow running back is dead. Not dead, but is has become an antiquated notion unless you're in, you're playing for the Rams, you're playing for Pittsburgh. Um, so, you, you know, you, you look at the Red, I mean, the Redskins are going to have Darius Geist. Now they have this common, who knows what they're going to have. Is it going to be, is it going to be AD? Is it going to be um, Rob Kelly? You know, who, who the heck knows? Um, it's, it, it's become a very awkward, it's an awkward draft. It's the best way to put it. And it's the first. There have always been years where you've kind of been unsure. This is just a plain, it's an awkward feeling draft after the first two rounds. Because you really, 
it really became uncomfortable really quick for most of us. And we're, you know, we've been running this league 15 years. Most of us are relatively knowledgeable. And everyone was cursing their team by the end. Of, by the end. So, you know, well, but the wideouts, you know, the wideouts are a dime a dozen. And that's, so that's why, to me, I still go running back, running back, if, if possible. Um, not a, you know, even in our keeper league, we, we have three players. It's running back, running back, wide out. Um, now, again, our running backs are really damn good. But the reality is after the second round, you're really stretching. You're stretching to take running backs. You're stretching at running backs at that point. Okay, so if you're looking for a PP, we're in a PPR league for a sleeper at the running back position, more than, let's say, later than the fourth round, who are you looking at? So the one I like minus, is the actually, first, minus the first 40 picks, where are you looking? I think you're looking at Isaiah Crowell. Who I think, while he may not end up being the bell cow, I mean, you know this better than I do. He's going to be playing. He's going to be the predominant running back in, in MetLife. Ah, damn it, dog. Um, you may be looking at a Duke Johnson who ended up, you know, top 15. You ended, who ended up top 15 in the league this year. Although I'll be honest, I'm kind of, I'm kind of iffy on the Cleveland players. Um, you know, you may take a chance or two on some of the rookies, a Royce Freeman in Denver, a Rashad Penny um, in Seattle. Now, Chris Carson is going to start, but I don't think they draft they, they overdrafted Rashad Penny to have him sit throughout the year. So I, I think, you, to me, what I decided to do this year, again, for the, my draft was, for my first draft, there's three more coming, um, is I went high, I went low floor, you know, high ceiling, low floor on running backs after my first three. And if, you know, if a Penny or a Chris Carson or a Sony, Nick Chubb or a Sony Michelle, you know, kind of hit it, you know, there's a, look, there's a good chance that they get no burn and it ends up a wasted pick. But on the 20% chance you have upside, you know, for running backs, I, I have my three guys who are, are going to be my base. Everything else is pure upside. And you just kind of hope from that. That's kind of how I played it this year. Fair enough. So I really led Kenyon Drake down in Miami. He led the league in rushing last five games of the NFL season, and he is the guy. He's the guy in Miami. There's nobody yeah. else running there. I, I, I like him. Especially when you're hearing a decent amount about Kellen Ballage down there, the rookie from Arizona State. And that so, I mean, Drake was fantastic, but I think it's more of a prove-it-again year for Drake. To kind of okay. prove it's, not, flu- it's okay. not a fluke. That's fair. I like Alex Collins. Look, we dumped him last year right before his big, his big uh, churn in Baltimore. And I like Mark Ingram. Look, I know Camaro is going to take that job and run the first four weeks, right, because Ingram is ended. But we saw last year that Sean Payton has the stomach to use both of them and use both of them well. They both, they both made the Pro Bowl last year. They both had the first duo in a very long time, if not ever, to have 1,000 yards apiece. I like Ingram late in the draft if you can, if you can get him. I don't think he'll go that late, um, but I, I do like him. And like you said, Crowell. I think Crowell is that bell cow. I think they're going to run and run and run with the Jets and let Sam Darnold – as little as possible. So I like Crowell late in the draft as well. Okay, so we've talked about dime a dozen wide receivers. We know Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver in, 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 in fantasy football. I don't think there's any doubt there. And Julio Jones is probably number two. But beyond that, you have Hopkins, Beckham, Hopkins, Beckham, and Mike Evans. Which of the three do you want and why? Did you do we- – did you just put Mike Evans as number three? No, I put Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, and DeAndre Hopkins as a trio in the three spot. What is the order that you want those guys in? Look, you know, you know Antonio Brown's going to go in the top five. You know Julio Jones is going to go in the top seven. 
when you're on the turn, when you're, if you're in a 10 or a 12 team league, you're on the turn. These three wideouts are going to be there in all likelihood, around 10 to 11, especially, especially if, if running backs are going to row. So DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham, and, um, and sorry, I had, and Mike Evans. First of all, I don't have, Mike, Mike, Evans, three, Mike Evans is not my number five. Okay. Mike Evans is definitely so, not my number five. I go, okay. I would so, probably go, I would probably go Beckham Hopkins. Um, although, uh, no, actually, I think I would go Hopkins Beckham. Um, as long as Watson can stay healthy and the offensive line can hold up for him, which is my, my big fear. Um, I like Hopkins. Hopkins is going to, you know, has a little bit, has some help with Will Fuller, has a speedster help and help with Will Fuller. Um, Beckham, I just, there's so many question marks about the new offense, the, new, the offensive line, the, you know, do I have anything left? I look at Mike Evans and Mike Evans was pretty disappointing last year from a fantasy standpoint. Winston is out for three weeks, four weeks, three weeks, I forget which. They have no running game. The, you know, they're, Winston's going into a free agent, you know, is the number one pick in the draft, is going into a free agent year where Tampa Bay didn't offer a qualifying. I don't have a great deal of confidence in the team surrounding Evans. Um, I would probably go. I would probably go Mike Thomas, Michael Thomas, over him, and may go Keenan Allen over him. Um, so that's probably I would, that's probably where my five and six would be, and then probably I would take. I would have Evans, you know, AJ Green. I'd probably take over him, and I'd probably, you know, Evans is kind of my lower top, lower, you know, middle to lower top ten. I just don't as talented as he is. I just don't have him. I don't think he has a team to support him to put him into that top three or four at this point. Fair enough. Seth, I will tell you one thing. Look, for those that have followed the, the Seth and Sports Fantasy Football League, we do – we have done one thing well, and that is draft, wide, draft quarterbacks in the mid-10 to 12 range and get good production out of them. These quarterbacks, once you get past the first two or three, are basically middle-round players. They, they are very similar in nature. You're not really getting a whole lot of difference between a Carson Wentz and a Russell Wilson over the course of the year or Deshaun Watson and a Russell Wilson over the course of the year. You need quarterbacks. But unless you are going in the top, five, uh, top two rounds and picking one, I would stay away from quarterbacks. I would stay away till round seven or eight. And, Seth, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick for the first four weeks. I really do. I think if Patrick plays well, they may not give the, the ball back to Winston. I think he, they may, if, he, if he's winning games, and I'm looking up Tampa Bay's schedule right now, if he's winning games in the first four weeks, it's going to for them to give it back, considering they already know that, that they don't want this after this year. They, I mean, they've already said it. So the... the so the season for them starts with the well. They start with the Saints. On uh, nope, sorry, the tenth. Yeah, they start with the. the they start with the Saints. Korea. Then they have Monday. the Eagles. Then they have the Steelers. Then yeah. they have the Bears. That's not exactly wow. a phenomenal. They're, they're probably going to start over. But when four. you look, <laughs> but here's the thing, Seth. You may start zero four, but he's going to put up numbers. Because none of, yeah. uh, aside from the Eagles, aside from the Eagles, none of the defenses are any good. I mean, they're decent, but they're not like they're not stop the quarterback good. And if they're behind, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to put up numbers in that offense. He's going to throw the ball, and I wouldn't mind having him for the first four weeks of the season. Remember, remember, ladies and gentlemen, fantasy football week one is just as valuable as one week eight. So if you can get a guy that you're slipping in for the first four weeks and you're benching a quarterback that you may come in week eight, you're, just, you're doing just as well. And if you're looking for a quarterback late in, the, late in the year, sorry, late in the year, late in the round, late in the draft, that can get you through weeks one through four, 
I would not be hesitant at all to pick up Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think that's a die set that you and I need to target here in the, in the I, later parts of our draft. I think there's also something you have to take into account, though, and this depends on the league. If you're, we're talking if you have a 2 QB league. In a 1 QB league, you're not going to play Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're just not. You know, he can be a backup if you want. But, I mean, I, I'm looking at my, you know, our first league. And, you know, Winston wasn't captain. He's probably not on the roster. What'd you say? He's probably not on the roster. No, not at all. 15, you know, 10 team leagues, 16 players. I, got, I kept Carson once in the 12th round. I took Matt Ryan in the 13th. I mean, Derek Carr went in the 14th. Mariota went in the 14th. Then went in the 12th. You, you're just not going to take Ryan Fitzpatrick over these people. But the reality is, and, in my, and Sean's absolutely right, again, this is what's worked for us in the 2 QB league, is we made it, you know, our first year, we've joked about this in the past, we made a mistake in overbidding on a quarterback. And then they've kind of taken the complete opposite approach, you know, going forward. And it's worked out relatively well for us. So, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of players out there. You know, there's a lot of QBs that are kind of bunched in that, you know, number eight to number 30 range. So, you know, to take, to take Russell Wilson in the sixth round versus taking Matt Ryan in the 13th round, which do you think is better value? Now, Russell Wilson may have a better year, but I can probably get more talent at the sixth, but probably from a competitive standpoint, it's not worth it. Now, you know, what we've done, we've, we have a two QB league, so we've kept, we've typically taken four kind of lower tier quarterbacks and just alternated them based on who they play. And it's, it's worked relatively well for us. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's look at, uh, and again, I'm going back to Matthew Berry's rankings, and I just put a reference here. Quarterback eight is Berger, quarterback nine is Kirk Cousins, quarterback 10 is Matt Stafford, quarterback 11 is Drew Brees. Quarterback 12 is Matt Ryan, and quarterback 13 is Pat Mahomes, 14 is Phillip Rivers. I don't see any difference between those guys. Looking for a one, if you're in a, in a one quarterback league, I'm happy with any of them. In fact, number 14 is Phillip Rivers. I might take 14, I may take him over Ben. I think he has, I think he has more upside, which is, Seth's, which is Seth's term, upside, than Ben does in his offense. Ben is an inconsistent player in fantasy football. I think he's one of the more overrated players in fantasy football, given the fact that he has Le'Veon Bell there. I, I love Phil Rivers. I think he is a great quarterback at four, number 14. Patrick Mahomes, if you're looking for dynasty leagues, if you're looking for keeper leagues, at number the quarterback 13, understand Holmes and Alex Smith, who's number 16, are going to start on their teams because there is nobody else. The best thing you can have without a quarterback, and this is something we thought we had with Eli Manning last year, is a guy that will start all 16 games if he's healthy. There is nobody behind him to take that problem. Those two guys have nobody. Colt McCoy is not starting over Alex Smith. And I don't even know who the backup is in Kansas City. They have paved the way for Pat Mahomes. So, all right. So we've talked about wideouts. We've talked about quarterbacks. Let's talk about tight ends. The tight ends, you have Rob Gronkowski, you have Craig Olson, and then you have just about everybody else. Oh, and Travis Kelly. I'm a, Travis Kelly. You've got three guys. And, and Zach Burks is maybe number four. But, but that's it. Do you look, take one of those, if, if you're drafting in a 10-team league or even in a 12-team are you looking at taking one of those four guys? Those four guys are going to go in the top five rounds. Are you looking at taking, and Gronkowski may go in the second round. Are you taking one of those guys that high? If you're yeah, drafting, I mean, and I know you've gone through your first draft, I don't remember who your tight end was, but if you're looking in that realm, are you looking further down for value, or are you taking them that high and spending either money or rounds? What I ended up doing was this first of Gronkowski, because we have two, we have a double keeper league. It played a little out a little bit differently. Gronkowski ended up going in the first round. It was the last pick of the first round, okay. which was shocking to everybody. Um, Kelsey went in the third. Ertz went in the third. Um, who was the last one you said? Olsen. Olsen went in the fifth. Um, 
I took uh, Delaney Walker in the eighth. You know, to me, again, the importance to me are running backs and wideouts. Um, if I didn't have, now, to be fair, if I hadn't, I had a keeper in the third round where I kept Keenan Allen. If I had gotten Keenan Allen and picked two, coming around, would I have considered Kelsey? Yeah, I would have considered him. Um, but I, 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 don't, I would be a little concerned simply because I have no, all I know is Mahomes wants to air out the ball. I don't know with, with the speedsters of Hill and, uh, and Watkins. I don't know how that will play out. I don't know what Kelsey's role is in this offense under this quarterback. With Alex Smith, where you have a more of a manager-type quarterback, it's a lot easier. To, you know, you, you know the, the tight ends kind of have a lot more, have a, have a significant value. I mean, I like Rudolph this year from Minnesota because, you know, Cousins likes, you know, is playing is a high-level manager. Although they have Thielen and Diggs, I kind of like him in, in that role. Um, you know, Mariota, they got the new quarterback, they got the new coach in Tennessee and Brable. We still don't know what we have in Tennessee's wideouts other than Delaney Walker, who's been there, it feels like, for 97 years. So I kind of like that because Mariota, he's going to be Mariota's checkoff. Because Mariota, is, for all intents and purposes, is a manager, is a game manager. And I know people hate that term, but you don't see, you don't see him really – we've never seen him open up the offense, really. And maybe because that was under Mulaney and Malarkey, excuse me, who, didn't, who, who, was a ground, who was a grinder coach. And I don't know how Vrabel is going to be offensively. But to me, I, I kind of liked – I liked Walker at eight better than I liked, you know, Kelsey at three or Ertz at, Ertz at three. Again, are they are they higher on my rankings? If I did rankings, then then Walker, yes, but it's, it's all on relative value. Where I'd rather have Keenan Allen at three and Delaney at Walker at eight than Kelsey at three and Emmanuel Sanders at eight. Although I do kind of I do love me some Emmanuel Sanders. Um, so kind of that's kind of my that's kind of my point there. Okay, so if I'm looking, I, I agree with you. I don't want Rob Gronkowski. I don't. I, I, I don't want to pay the value for him. I don't want to pay the value for Travis Kelsey. Oh, sure we did. I don't want to pay the value for him. I don't want to pay the value for Greg Olson. I'm more in line with you where you get somebody at a lower value, much like the quarterback. Sorry, lower, but better value. And the guy that I, don't, that I hope that people are on, particularly in our league, and Mbappe, if you're listening to this podcast, Please turn it off now. That's insider traded. We are not permitted to, to listen to you. You are not li- permitted to listen to us. Insider trading. I'm looking at Trey Burton in Chicago. I love me some Trey Burton this year. And the reasoning is Mitch Treblinski is the quarterback. What does a young quarterback want more than anything else is a tight end that will get open, that will catch balls. Last year, Burton caught 40 balls in substituting in for Ertz, we know he can actually throw the ball because we saw that in the, in the Super Bowl. I love him. I, I, him or Evan Ingram, who we know that caught 40 balls last year as a, as a rookie. The, the problem with, with tight ends, I find more than any other position, is they get injured. They could have a, a concussion. I mean, Ingram already has a concussion this year. Gronkowski, we know, gets injured every year. Olsen seems to get injured two or three games every year. Make sure that you have somebody in the background that you're looking in the tight end position that does not get injured. It's, a, it's an interesting concept. That a t- it's, it's actually something that does not happen very often is that a tight end plays all 16 games. And Delaney Walker is also injured so far. We know that Olsen has gotten injured in the past. Okay. So I would go to kickers, but why? But I bring up individual defensive players. And the reasoning is some, some leagues have these, some leagues don't. I actually think that they are great to have. I think they're, they're just as valuable as a good quarterback. In the past, Seth and I have drafted Kel, uh, Keiko. We drafted Bosley. Um, uh, if you're looking in a league for defensive players, you have to look for middle linebackers. And the reasoning is simple. They may not get the glory, but they certainly get the guts. They got the guts, they get the stats. 
and the stats being tackles. Tackles are the most important thing for individual defensive players. And one guy that I think you need to look at is, I can't remember his first name. This thinks. I'm going to have to look this up. Christian Kirksey. No, no, no. I, I, look, I love him. But, hold on. I can't remember his first name. Uh, oh, you realize Jaylen that Smith. your man crush, your man crush is not playing this year. You understand that, correct? I do, but I, I do realize that Ryan Shazier is not playing this year. But I have a new man crush when it comes to when it comes to linebackers, and that's Jalen Smith of of Dallas, who had eighty one really? eighty one combined tackles. He had eighty one tackles last year, eighty one, and he played only sixty percent of the plays. So. I'll take either Jalen Smith or, Sh- or Sean Lee. From I want C.J. Mosley. You're looking for middle linebackers that are always involved in the game. And there are certain teams, I've said this before, I'll say this again, there are certain teams in the NFL, tackles are based on home team stats. Home team is the one that deals with how many tackles. These are not judgments such as yards. There are certain teams that are always leading the league in tackles. The Cowboys, the Steelers, the Jets, those players are always leading the league in tackles. I have no idea why they are. And if you can get yourself some Sean Lee or Jalen Smith, I would go there over a J.J. Watt because you don't, want to pay the, you don't want to pay the price for J.J. Watt. He may be the defensive player of the year, but he'll get less points in fantasy than Jalen Smith. We, we, we've learned that over the years. We, were, we, we actually, that was one of the things we did well uh, over the last couple of years is we've consistently gotten 25, 30 points a game from our three defensive players, and it's usually been advantageous to us. Um, so I don't see why we would transition a strategy at this point. Okay, so Seth, uh, we've we got nine men left. Who are your guys that you want to stay away from this year? Who are your guys that you feel are overrated and people are looking at them with, with – with lovely eyes, but you're saying, nope, 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 for one reason or another, I'm staying away from these guys. Who are they? Um, from a quarterback, you kind of you mentioned him. I don't want Roethlisberger. He, first of all, Bell is going to, you know, is the last year, it's most likely the last year of Le'Veon Bell as a Steeler. So they are going to ride him until the cows come home, number one. Number two, Roethlisberger's fantasy league stats on the road are horrendous. I don't know why there's a massive differentiation between the home and road. It's almost like the Colorado Rockies in baseball. It's really surprisingly significant. Um, And I can't deal with that kind of inconsistency from a starting quarterback. Um, Wideouts, Josh Gordon scares the crap out of me. He does. I, I don't know how to read the Cleveland. I, I don't know how to read Cleveland. Look at he- healthy and head-on straight. Sure, but that's been five years. We, you know, Taylor is a, a good quarterback and a good fantasy quarterback. But again, game manager. Game manager to me is Jarvis. Game manager receiver to me is Jarvis Landry. It's not Gordon. Did they did they end up signing? De- I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I assume they're going to sign Dez at some point, which I think will negate him even further. Um, he scares me. Randall Cobb, I know, is the number two in Green Bay, but Randall Cobb has been really, really inconsequential for fantasy purposes in the last three or four years. Um, Devontae Adams is the obvious number one. Jimmy Graham, if can stay healthy, again, someone that probably. A little, you know, he went very early in my, he was a keeper in my league, which surprised me. Um, if healthy, he's going to be a lot of, you know, he'll be a pretty solid red zone target for Rodgers. I don't have much expectation for Cobb, and I think he's going higher than I would play, I would take him. Um, and I guess the other thing is I'm more and more confused on how I would want the Detroit wide else to play out. You know, Golden Tate has been solid for years. Marvin Jones is a speedster, but they have Galladay, who they've been promote. You know, who's getting so much props. This, you know, this offseason he has in the last year or two. I think with Patricia, there's going to be a more of a grind out running, uh, running game. 
uh, with Carry On Johnson, who I do like from do like. I think you're going to have, you know, you'll still have Theo Riddick catching out of the backfield. I don't love any of the Detroit wideouts. So that's kind of where that's kind of my quick stayaways. Okay, so my quick stay at, at the quarterback position, I think you're spot on. I, I stay away from Roethlisberger every single year, and I will continue to do such. Um, the other guy that I would stay away from is I don't like Marcus Mariota this year. I don't like the fact that they don't have any wideouts, any healthy wideouts. Rashad Matthews, who last year just came off the pup list, um, he, he can run the ball, but I, I, I'm just not feeling him in feeling him in Tennessee. If you're looking at running backs, please, please stay away from Derrick Henry. And the reason I say this is they did not sign Deion, Deion, Deion Lewis for no reason. They are paying him a lot of money. He is Derrick Henry is certainly not going to be the third down back. And look, Deion Lewis gained a thousand yards. He, he may even get some of the second down running attempts. I would stay away from that situation entirely. And the 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 other situation I would stay away from is the Eagles. The Eagles running back situation, there are just so many. You got Clement, you got Sproles, who's healthy now, and you got J.H.I. No, thank you. Absolutely no you way Smallwood. do I want any of those guys. What's that? And you got Smallwood. How could you ever forget Smallwood? And you Smallwood, yeah. I, okay, so let's move on to wide receivers. Robert Woods in the Rams, not a big fan now that you have Brain Cooks. They have so many weapons there that I don't, I don't know who's going to get the ball. We don't know. Um, oh, by the way, one guy that I really liked is Marquise Goodwin. We had him last year for a little bit, and I would definitely go hard on him as he is the number one receiver and the only one with, with really explosive talent in San Francisco as far as catching the ball. You have Pierre Garcon. He's certainly their number, their their short guy, but Marquise Goodwin, a sprinter. I think he's going to get some some yards this year. I would definitely go for him. And if we're looking for another guy to stay away from in the wide receiver type situation, um, oh, I'm sorry, Jordan Reed. I'd stay away from in Washington because of his injury concepts and Josh Doxson in Washington as well. Jason Crowder, I'd go for. He might be the only person in the Washington team that I'd actually want on my team, as he, again, is a check-down guy, and he will get receptions because Alex Smith, as you said before, is the game manager. So that's our fantasy preview for this week. If you have, uh, you have three minutes, uh, go right ahead. Um, I'd rather you take it since you're on vacation for a change and should probably talk about that, but a quick props to, um, to, to Serena Williams, you know, the French open acting like it's 1920, not 2010 or 2020, I should say, you know, banging the cat suits, which of course is hypocritical because Wimbledon and white in 1985, which is the most conservative of all of these tournaments and white was wearing a cat or kind of that jumpsuit kind of thing. So what does Serena do? She doesn't say a word, but she comes out in a tutu uh, for her first round match in the U S open. Oh, good for her. I feel like I say that a lot. Um, good to have the U.S. Open back. Good for college football to be back next week. Um, I'll, I'll give a little. I'll give. A, I'll talk a little bit about that next week since we did we skip last week. I'll let you have the last two minutes. All right. So next week we'll have our NFL preview on Tuesday. We'll probably have it at clock seven thirty ish, so other people can prepare for their drafts, including myself, which happens at eight thirty. In any event, I am currently in Korea, South Korea. I'm going to Vietnam on Friday. It has been a tremendous trip so far. Uh, I learned a lot. Yesterday I went to the JSA and the DMZ, which is kind of cool when you – well, kind of cool and kind of scary. I've never been more scared in my life than to walk in the JSA where you know every single person across the street from you is North Korean and has a gun paint painted at you. It's kind of scary. They actually tell you, don't even bend down to tie your shoe. Do not make any sudden movements because you are being watched at all times by the North. It's kind of an interesting, different place on the other side of the world. But it's been great. I think this is our seventh country that 
did the show from. So whole props to that. And um, condolences from the show. I know lots of people have weighed in this week on John McCain. No matter what you believe of his politics, and you can think any and was a veteran, and he served our country in both the military and in the Senate for his entire adult life. And that, more than anything, you may disagree with the fact that he was for abortion, against abortion, for the ACA, against the ACA. It does not matter. You give him the respect that he deserves as a veteran of both the military and of our Congress. For Seth Kamen, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com. We'll see you next week with our NFL preview. Great week, everybody. Peace out. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.